As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. back to the one true pod the athletics big 12 football podcast i am max olson joined as always by my co-host jason kersey and by the latest and greatest addition to the athletic college football staff sam con jr sam con jr what's up man what's going on fellas how are y'all welcome to the squad i'm happy to be here it's uh nice to finally join you max we've been talking about this for a long time and sure have here, here, I finally have your, your recruitment. Your long recruitment has produced fruit now. It is, uh, we have That's finally right. gotten to this point where I'm here and I'm part of the team and I'm very glad to be part of it. So, so Sam, you're saying Max extended that offer like your freshman year? Yes, I, I was definitely yeah, the 14 guys, year old quarterback who we offered. It's a <laughs> it didn't come down to official visits and, and, you know, the, the very end of the, the process here. It's a, it's a couple of years, you know, deal. It's, That's it's right. Relationships. That's absolutely Very right. With relationships. Yeah, man. Well, c- c- congratulations on the athletic. I know it's been a few weeks now. You kind of get in the hang of things here. Um, you've been hitting the road as well to visit a few big 12 spots. So we'll definitely talk about that on, on this week's podcast. Uh, this is my first pod back from uh, having a baby. So Woo, uh, congratulations. congratulations. We're, we're doing that. Yeah, it's that's going great. You, uh, you, you look like a dad right now. I do. I look <laughs> weary. I've grown quite weary, Jason. <laughs> so uh yeah how much are, how much what's your average sleep uh man i don't know like like last night was like 130 to 130 to 8 with a with like a half hour up in the middle of the night feed bottle feeding my my my, my boy so that's, that's not, not my best bad. we've kind of had a kind of it's kind of been like that a little bit he sleeps well it's just uh yeah just kind of trying to get my my act together here a little bit, but we're doing okay. We're, we're, we're going to power through. We're getting a shot later today. So, you know, the, the immunity will be flown through me soon enough here. Excited about that. Right on. Um, man, busy times. Uh, all of a sudden in, in, in uh, the world of college football with, with spring games rolling now. Um, let's, uh, let's start with uh, Sam. Just you, you went to Lubbock over the weekend. How was Evie Mays? <laughs> this is the this is the most important question. Evie yeah. Mays was fantastic. I, I honestly haven't been, so I'd love to hear a scouting report. So it's really good. It's the 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 one thing that 
is what will surprise you is that one of the things that smacks you in the face when you get in line is this large uh, dessert section. Like right Ooh. before you order, right before you get to the register, there's a big thing of dessert. So like I, the barbecue is the draw for sure. And it yeah. was excellent, but I have to at least mention that because like I walked in there and then there's yeah. like a s'mores cheesecake oh. down there. And <laughs> so because a lot you, of those joints, you walk in and you kind of see like the puddings and stuff. What else? Did right. They, have? they had, they had a fresh strawberry pie. Uh, they had a, uh, they had a couple other things. I'm trying to remember what some of the other things were, but they, they have a pretty good selection of desserts, but no, the brisket is solid. The green chili cheddar sausage was on point that was that that was wonderful and their pork ribs uh, that that was probably actually the best thing of the group for me like i and i always go when i go to a new place and this is actually my second time at evie maze but okay whenever i go to a place i always go texas trinity uh you know brisket sausage pork ribs mm-hmm. and the pork ribs i think were probably my favorite thing i think that was the thing i ate the quickest and fall right off tender flavorful the, the sausage was great and the brisket was really, really good. So go, overall, overall solid. Oh, and then they had, uh, they have che- green chili cheese grits, which I had, oh, cool. I had that and some collard greens on the side. Both of those were excellent. So it was a very good trip after, uh, after dropping in on Matt Wells and, and the Texas Tech uh, coaching staff on Friday. My so. God, Sam is coming for Andy Staples as the <laughs> right. resident. We got a connoisseur expert. on the podcast here. I love it. I love, I'm going to live vicariously through you this year as you hit the road and go to all these places. Cause you know, we've just been, I, I didn't go to a, a single game last year, man. It was just, it just, I, you missed that, that part of it, that going out on Friday and trying to find something ridiculous to eat. You know, it's no uh, kidding. I, I can't wait you know, till we can get back out there and do that again. You know, Max, I, I went to all of OU's road games last year and I didn't do any of that either. I mean, it's true. I, I door dashed to the hotel, you know, I mean, it, well, you it had farms. You what? still had Fong's, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did do that. We did go to Fong's. Okay, all right, take it back. Fong's Pizza, the best place in the world. Yeah, we did go there. Yeah, you got to make exception for that. No no question. All right, let, let's start with uh, a deal that that uh, you had to cover quite closely, Kersey. Um, Chandler Gate, Chandler Morris Gate. <laughs> um, let's, let's just, we, we, you know, we haven't had a pod in a little while. I know this, this story is finally in the rearview mirror here. We can finally stop caring about it. But now Chandler Morris at, at TCU after one year at Oklahoma, one season at Oklahoma, uh, yeah. he's, he's now been cleared. Uh, Oklahoma's no longer contesting and putting up a fight and all that. Uh, he was cleared in time for their, their uh, spring game over the weekend. Uh, I guess let's start here. Why, why, did this, why did this drag on so long, Jason? What was Lincoln Riley thinking? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a little baffling because he so he has this strong opinion that you shouldn't transfer within the conference Mm -hmm. any sort of penalty, which I I guess I understand. But uh, it seems sort of foolish because at the end of the day, because this is we all know where this is all heading. You know, we all know uh, that everyone's going to eventually be eligible. Everyone knew the NCA one-time transfer exception was coming. Uh, the Big 12 changed its rule. I guess the last holdup was, and and honestly, this all all of this shit is so confusing to me <laughs> that that I didn't realize until uh, Drew Davison at the Fort Worth paper reported 
that it was actually a national letter of intent issue, which I didn't even know that was part of this, but I guess that was the final holdup because uh, the NLI is good for one year and he didn't stay at OU for one year. So they're able to block him from immediate eligibility because of that. And so I guess after the NCA rules, the big 12 rules, Lincoln finally decided that he was going to go ahead and release Chandler Morris. Um, you know, it just, again, it, it, standing up for this principle is, is whatever, but this is not a PR battle that Lincoln Riley who makes $8 million a year can win. He just can't not in 2021. And so uh, it seems pretty ridiculous that, that we had to go through all this to end up in the place where we all knew we'd be. Well, and it's, it's tough because you're, you're, you're kind of swimming against the stream there. And if you're Lincoln Riley, because other conferences are coming out and saying we're dropping our interconference transfer rule this is becoming a decision that the big 12 also made and it doesn't seem like that hard of a conclusion to reach as we head toward this this new frontier of one-time transfer rule um but it is it is to me it was interesting that i I think if you just look at it from the player's standpoint i mean chandler morris has every as much of a right to play this year as wandy morris does don't you think yeah yeah, that, 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 to Lawrence. me, that's what the hard argument is. Is that, yeah, that, that Oklahoma has you know loaded up on transfers this year, and and that's the right. You know, they they raided Tennessee's roster after the Jeremy Pruitt firing, and uh, you know that they, they're going to benefit quite a bit from guys that they hope are eligible right away. So it's hard to hard to restrict that from somebody else. Right. Uh, I I think what he keeps coming back to is this idea that it shouldn't be allowed within the conference. You remember he took this sort of stance a few years ago with Austin Kendall, eventually relented that because, you know, he said it was his relationship with him and the fact that he was a grad transfer. Chandler Morris isn't a grad transfer or whatever. Um, again, it was never going to end the way that Lincoln wanted it to end. I, I think the thing that he won't say, okay, we can just say it. Like he he's worried about tampering. That's what he thinks is happening. That's what he thinks goes on. And he wants to avoid that within the league. He won't come out and say that, but I think that's pretty clearly what this is about. So I guess if you get some, if there's a way to sort of make some reassurances about that, I don't know how you well, do that's, that really. That's what's but... interesting is this new, this new one-time transfer policy includes that both schools have to sign off that no tampering occurred, which tampering is one of those issues. Like I'd love to write about it someday. Maybe we'll get to it, but coaches don't ever want to talk about that deal on the record and, and, you know, sort of speak out against it because everyone does it they, because, well, you know, you can't, no one's blameless in that deal. And so, um, I would be curious to see, you know, I, I, I would have, if it, if this were an issue of tampering, I would love to have seen Lincoln Riley come out and say it and, and just deal with this out in public with Gary Patterson. Um, I wonder if coaches will actually just sign off that no tampering occurred, even if it did, cause they just don't want to get into that stuff. Uh, but you're right. I mean, th- this is an issue again. We don't know if that is the, the bottom line here that, that this is Lincoln Riley's uh, concern, but you know that it, it, I, I understand the the whole like intellectual property issue of someone going over to an, another school in your conference and taking this information with them, but I don't. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I kind of if that's what it's about, I feel like that's they should talk about that in public. Now, Sam, you 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 also wrote at the time when this was going down about uh, Chad Morris, his father, taking over Allen High School, which I think we know is a pretty important high school to the University of Oklahoma. So, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say how much that played into it, but that that didn't that just give kind of another, you know, intriguing little layer to all this? It was another reason why 
it was inevitable that it was going to end this way because yeah, let's not forget um, Allen high school is where Kyler Murray came from. uh, Allen high school is where Lee Morris came from. Both guys who played at at OU Uh, Greg little, you know, who went on to the NFL draft and played at Ole Miss, right? But Bobby Evans. So there's a lot of guys that, um, you know, several of which went to OU little, of course, went to Ole Miss that, that are high profile prospects that come out of that area, come out of that high school. And I don't think, honestly, Chad would have shut the door to OU. But you can't rule it out because Texas is a state where the high school coach has a ton of power and can do that. There had the, He wouldn't be the first and he wouldn't be the last to do such a thing. And I know, Max, you've heard stories of that, you know, mm-hmm. of coaches around the state of Texas because they have that kind of power. So it was always going to end up this way, like, like Jason said. And I think the thing that, me, that bothered me the most was – as long as we're not restricting coach movement, I don't think you should be restricting player movement, period. Sure. You know, and if it's a tampering thing, then just say it. I, I, You know, don't play this PR game and try to hem and haw and, and do all this other stuff. Just don't talk in code. Just be honest. Say you think it's a tampering issue, if it is. And if we're going to do that, let's go through with that. Otherwise, just let the kid go. He was not going to start at your place anyway. You have a quarterback you're happy with. It's not like he's leaving and he's leaving you holding nor, the bag. Nor are we talking Caleb. about, yeah, nor are we talking about a player who is in line to start at TCU. Right. And so, I mean, you've got Caleb Williams, you know, behind Spencer Rattler, you're set at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So to me, there, there's no harm in, you know, him moving to another conference. If it's bad for the game, guess what? So are guys, you know, changing schools right before a bowl game. That's bad for the uh, coaches changing schools right before a bowl yeah. game. That's bad yeah. for the game too. So, you know, uh, there, there's – to me, I'm glad it ended this way. I think we always knew it was going to end this way, and I think Chandler will be just fine at TCU. And like you said, I, I, he's not going to start this year. Max Duggan is the guy, it seems. So yeah. uh, it may be a couple of years before we see Chandler on the field. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I was just going to add, I mean, the thing about Chad Morris and blocking out OU, he doesn't have to just like shut the door to OU coaches. I mean, it could be as simple as if you have a bad relationship, couldn't it be as simple as him sitting down with his guy and saying, are you sure you want to go there? Like what they did to Chandler. Are you sure? I mean, though, to me, it's not even the risk of Lincoln Riley, a sign up that says no, no Oklahoma coach is allowed in the building. It's the little subtle things behind the scenes. If you don't have a good relationship with him that, that, that can cause. So, and I, and I can understand, you know, nowadays, like it's just really hard to have three, four good quarterbacks in your program. Right. And so Lincoln Riley went through it with Austin Kendall. He didn't want to let Austin Kendall go to West Virginia, um, but they took Kyler Murray. So 
you know, this was, it, 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 and then took Jalen Hurts. So, it, you know, this was the right thing to do for him. Um, in this case, over the offseason, they lose Tanner Mordecai and they lose Chandler Morse because they signed Caleb Williams. And they have Spencer Rattler, who, you know, is going to be there for another year or two. So I it's, I understand the aggravation that you spend, you invest this time and effort into building up these guys and then they just leave your room. But that's the sport these days. Yeah. And, and you, and Sam, you mentioned the coaching aspect. That's another thing about OU and, and Lincoln Riley did not hire these two guys, but Bill Biedenboe and Calvin Thibodeau both came to OU directly from other big 12 schools. Right. So, yeah. 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 I, I don't, yeah. Like the, the idea that, you know, there's these state secrets or whatever that we've got to guard, you know, otherwise we may lose a football game to me. If your program is good enough, that is not an issue. And I, and I can't imagine that Lincoln Riley is that worried about what Gary Patterson is doing at TCU. Okay. OU has been head and shoulders above that program for quite some time now. So again, I, to me, this finally, it, it was an unnecessary, unnecessary winding path to get there, but it ended where it should. Chandler is free and everybody can move on. Well, and I, I can understand the, the fear of, Oh, in the future, we're going to have, uh, you know, Oklahoma players going to Texas and Texas players going to Oklahoma and all, you know, all these kind of like uh, all, just all these moves within the conference and stuff. But I mean, we even saw last year, Jason, an assistant from Oklahoma went to Texas and didn't, you know, didn't change the outcome of Red River. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. It's happened a couple times. Jay Norvell uh, made the sure. same Oklahoma to Texas uh, path as well. So um, no, it's, it's silly. And uh and it's solved, and, and hopefully these things are, are not going to be a big deal in the future because they shouldn't be. All right, we've spent way too much time on this. Let's move on to a piece that Sam wrote last week um, where I thought was really interesting. Sam, you went to visit uh, Waco and, and check in on uh, Dave Aranda going into year two, um, if, if you want to call it a year two, uh, because year one was sort of a year zero in some ways which we knew some, some new coaches were going to kind of deal with that with COVID um, and, and Baylor dealt with a lot last year. Um, I, I thought it was really impressive the way that, that uh, Dave Aranda was so introspective. Well, that's, that's Dave Aranda. So it's not a surprise, but um, just, just really introspective about um, where they're at and where he's at in, in, in becoming a head coach type. What, what um, you know, what can you tell the listeners just about that, that chat with him and, and kind of what you took away from, uh, checking in on on that uh, kind of build up there. You know, it was fascinating. I, I don't know that I've met somebody who is as publicly introspective and thoughtful as Dave. Uh, you know, I've been around a lot of coaches in you know my 15, 16 years covering covering football, and Dave He's is def- he is He's he different. he is definitely different in that way because I think especially in college football, guys are often guarded. You want to project a certain level of confidence and strength and, and Dave has no problem being vulnerable. And, and I actually admire that. And he, he's, you know, I asked him a question about kind of how last year went and and how things are different this year. And he went on for like 17 minutes, like, you know, on his own. And it was fascinating to listen to because he basically said that he was not ready to be a head coach last year. Mm -hmm. Like he wanted the, you know, he wasn't even sure that, you know, before he took this job, you know, in the years leading up to that, that he wasn't even sure that he wanted to be a head coach. You know, he said, I looked at, you know, other guys who were did well in that profession and, you know, they're very, you know, it's a very alpha personality and that's just not, he's the farthest from that. He's the guy that's in the back of the room that likes to, 
listen and study and plan and and he's very reserved. Sure. But the Baylor job seemed like a great fit for him. And COVID, I think, complicated matters because you don't get to know your team. It's kind of hard to install schemes and all that stuff virtually. And certainly that was a challenge for everybody. But when you're just taking over a team and you're getting to know guys, it's a challenge. But he basically said that, yeah, he goes, I was not a guy that said, this is the way I want to do it. We're going to do it this way, you know, my way or the highway. That was just never his thing. And as the season went on, he started to learn that, guess what? I've got to be assertive. I've got to say, hey, I prefer this. I don't prefer that. I'm not going to just bounce everything off of every other coach because that was one thing was happening. He would come up with an idea or he had an idea and then he would say, well, what do you think? What do you think? And he would, it became, I think a little too noisy and that on top of the offensive issues, they were a mess as an offense last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was another thing that took some time for him to learn about, okay, what kind of personality do I want my offense to have? What kind of identity do I want my staff to have? And those are all things that he's started to figure out over this last few months and last year that I think, are going to help him and help that program a lot moving forward in 2021. You know, it's, I, I never really thought about this, but, but I think it has to be true that for, for guys like Dave Aranda, the, the eight months of the off season are kind of a time when you f- figure out how to be a head coach. And, mm-hmm. and you think about what they went through last off season, where starting with the cancellation of spring ball, he's having to respond and react to all this unprecedented stuff and figure out how do we still get done what we need to get done in this, you know, shortened period of time, this really messed up summer and all that. And I think you, you saw, I, I thought he responded well, just maybe, uh, you know, um, like emotionally, or he, he, I think he responded well to like what's going on with his players, making sure we look after them, you know, trying to build these connections with them. Um, but it's, it, 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 you know, maybe he didn't totally take the time for himself to just say, Hey, what do we, you know, what's, the, what's my blueprint here, which I think it kind of makes sense because some of these guys, you know, um, he, he was a coordinator for a very long time. You've, you've got people in here saying, Hey, when are you going to make the jump? When are you going to do it? And I think that hits everybody a little bit differently in terms of what, what their actual, uh, ambition is. Um, Jason, you, you obviously watched a few Baylor games last year. Is it, what, what did you think of, of, of Aranda sort of summing up what, what went, went wrong there? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great, great piece and I Dave Aranda is such an interesting hire to me at the time because I yeah. like you like Sam said I mean he's a guy that was such a great defensive coordinator that you almost wondered if he was gonna take the Brent Venables path and sort of never make that jump and um and he took over a program that was actually in really good shape because of Matt Rule and um I, I love by the way his move this offseason uh the Jeff Grimes hire I think that was a yeah. really really good higher and, and could make a big difference. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just such an interesting place. Baylor is such an interesting place and such a unique place. And I'm sure, and I know that it's hard to win there, but guys have done it. And, and uh, he seems to sort of be figuring it out. I think the thing that's been most challenging for Dave is Dave has, like Jason said, he's been such a great coordinator and scheme has always been his thing. Like mm-hmm. you watched that. I went to Lone Star Clinic last year before the pandemic in February in College Station and watched him lecture, uh, you know, on, on his defense. And it's fascinating to watch because he is on point with that stuff. Now, that is only a small part of what being a college football head coach is. Yeah. And he said straight up, he said, he said I, I, I got lost in plays last year. I allowed us to get lost in plays because in the way to figure things out for him has always been how do we figure this out on the whiteboard? How do we figure this out on the field schematically? And 
the the things that he had to do last year were well beyond anything that happened on the field. And and being a head coach is like being a CEO. You know, you have to manage people, you have to manage a culture and all that. Now, long term, now that he's figured this out and is starting to come out of his shell a little bit, I think it bodes well for them. And like Jason said, it is a unique job and a unique place, but I do think the infrastructure that is there and the fact that they have had success in the recent past means that this is not the Baylor that was 20 years ago where, you know, you're, you're trying to dig yourself out of, you know, the basement They they, they can, they're in a place that's really good for recruiting. Their, their facilities are in great shape. They've got a beautiful stadium. Uh, I think the potential there for him, if he can move forward and if the Grimes hire works out, mm-hmm. I think potential is really, really good long-term for him. Yeah. I, 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 I would, think this good. Sorry. I was just going to say the one game that I saw them play live last year, they played OU really tough. I mean, they yeah. played them really tough and I think, you know, had them a little bit nervous there for a while. Well, and I think the offensive identity piece of it is so important. Um, they, they just, you know, it, and, and to me, like I was excited about what they put together last year. I think on paper you thought, okay, it could kind of be some combination of LSU and North Carolina under Fedora and, you know, spread it out. Charlie Brewer's going to like this, all that. Um, and it just never really fit together. And I think it now, um, instead of having kind of three different voices sort of guide in your offense, now it's a, it's a pretty clear vision um, with Jeff Graham bringing his online coach with him of here's what we do. And I think we saw at BYU, um, it, it is uh, a real multiple versatile thing that I think, you know, this league keeps changing, right? It's, it's not, it's not the old air raid league anymore. Um, and and I, I think it's going to be fun to see them try to kind of offensively throw a curveball at people um, with being a little bit different. Obviously the quarterback situation there um, is going to dictate how far they can go. What's your sense, Sam, of uh, with that three, four man battle there of kind of where that could go? Yeah, I think, you know, you've got, well, we got four guys in it. I think Tyron Jones, a true freshman who's immensely talented. I think, you know, he's a true freshman. So I think you're going to look at one of the more experienced guys, Jacob Zeno, Gary Bohannon got a lot of experience, decent amount of playing experience. I think it could be one of those two guys. Oh, I wouldn't rule out Blake shape. And I will say while I was there, definitely a lot of compliments about his playmaking ability that he can throw it just about and make about any throw can throw about any arm angle. Uh, maybe not unlike a Zach Wilson, you know, in terms of the things that he can do, but he does have to learn how to brain brain in mistakes and decision-making yeah. things yeah. like that. You know, he's also a younger guy. I think, I obviously I think it's gonna be Zeno, Zeno or Bohan, and I, I probably lean towards Zeno just because when I've seen him on the field, and I, of course I go back to the way he looked and flashed uh, in that Big Twelve Championship game a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, I think he if he in. could just bottle that up, if he mean, could bottle shit. that up and just go, I think you really got something. But no, I think yeah. he's a was an eighty-one yard touchdown pass. Is that it was stepped into yeah. the game with a freaking rifle for an arm. It was incredible. I mean, yeah. it was it was something. So no, I I think I kind of lean towards Zeno, but but I don't I don't rule out Bohannon by any stretch. I think it's an, ends up being one of those two guys. Uh, but I think like like you guys said, I think the identity and having Grimes. You know, he's got a very clear identity of what he wants to do. He's going to be heavily in the wide zone. They're, they're going to be consistent and cohesive on offense this year as opposed to the mess that was painful to watch last year. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to Texas Tech. You, you spent the weekend there, Sam. Um, obviously, kind of one of the big headlines coming out of that is, uh, you know, their best playmaker, uh, Easy, is uh, is down. And and we'll, we'll see how long uh, Eric Azacama is going to, going to be missing for Texas Tech. But 
Um, I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty significant loss there. They, they uh, Matt Wells revealed that on Saturday that they lost him uh, last week. W- what, what did you make of that, uh, that setback for, for Texas Tech, Sam? Yeah, it's going to be tough, definitely, because you've got a new quarterback here in Tyler Shuck who's trying to build chemistry with these guys this summer, you know, and, right. and it's not a guarantee that Shuck's going to start just yet. But if after watching, you know, all those guys throw the ball around, if I, if I had to guess who's starting, I think it's Tyler Shuck. He, he's the most physically gifted of the quarterbacks in that room right now. And, mm-hmm. and when I watched him on Saturday, he, he throws a very pretty ball. He makes all the plays. And so, I think he's the guy, and he's got to build that chemistry with those guys. So he's had some time. He just got to Texas Tech, like enrolled and everything, two practices into spring practice. So he only got 13 out of the 15 spring practices. So he's been spending extra time and all that, but it's that's going to be a challenge because that means you're going to have to develop that chemistry in August. If assuming that that Easy is back in August, and Matt said they'll they'll assess him in August. They hope that he's recovered in time to play the you know the first game of the season, but. You know, they're going to have to assess that on his recovery and they hope that he heals quickly. So uh, some of these other guys, you know, the Dalton Rigdons of the world are going to have to step up and uh, they're they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to just make 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 some plays, give, develop some chemistry. And, you know, I think they're also they're going to have to figure out how to run the ball, you know, uh, really well, which I think yeah. they can. They've got they've got some experience backs back and, you know, up front, I think is going to be a, a big, big key for them. But certainly it's a, it's a tough break and tough news for uh for Texas Tech to lose that guy your leading receiver you know your best uh playmaker in the passing game you know uh, for the bulk of the summer yeah what, what else stood out to you from their spring game I think obviously Texas Tech is in a really interesting position here where I don't think it's unfair to say that it's kind of a must-win situation I, I don't know you know they they, have, they need to get to a bowl game and he, he is is that even enough i guess we'll you know we'll see i mean it, it's time to kind of see some real progress here uh, under uh, matt wells and his staff what's that to you from from their spring game and, and just sort of the state of their program yeah i think you can certainly see sunny company stamp on the offense you know they came out right away and it looks familiar you know up tempo snapping quick you know throwing it downfield it certainly Cumbie's going to bring back a flavor offensively that Texas Tech fans are familiar with. And I, I think that'll bode well for, for them long-term. But I think what stood out to me about Texas Tech is the depth of this defense. They're going to be really good up front next year. They've got virtually their entire defensive line back. They've got their entire linebacker room back. Most of the back end is back. They've got a ton of guys. Keith Patterson's got a tremendous amount of depth on his defense to work with. I, I was impressed by uh, Tony Bradford, who they're moving into nose tackle. Uh, he's he's had a great spring. Tyree Wilson, the transfer from Texas A&M, yeah, who's at defensive yeah. end. Tyree has had a wonderful spring, and I think they're very excited about what he could bring to them off the edge. The linebackers we mentioned, you know, so many of those guys are back. Schooler, Morgenster, and Merriweather. Uh, they've got a they've got a ton of experience up front, and that, I think that was they a program that was able to bring back a lot of these super seniors too. Which yeah, I, I think right now for. Anybody that's like kind of on the fringe of of, of getting good, I, I feel like that's such an important step right now. No doubt. I mean, Demarcus Fields, uh, you know, in the back end, uh, in the secondary, that guy's played. I mean, that guy's been playing big football forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that that's huge for this program at this point in its development. So I think, uh, the, the, funny to say, I think I feel better about Texas Tech's defense going into 2021 than I do about its offense. When's the last time we said that? I mean, it has to have been. I, it has to have been before Mike Leach was was at Texas Tech. Before you wow. felt more confident yeah. about what Texas Tech has on defense and how good they will be on that side of the ball 
than they will offensively. Because if you look, I know we all remember the HBU game last year, and it was a little bit of a disaster. But yeah. if you look in conference play, Texas Tech was pretty good. They were in the middle of the pack, yards per play. They they made big jumps from bottom of the conference to middle, closer to the upper part of the conference defensively in Big 12 play alone. And if they with all these guys back, I feel like they can take another step forward. And the question is to me, again, it's weird to ask this question, are they going to score enough points? Are they going to be good enough offensively? Yeah. Are, are you buying this, Kersey? What Are you buying stock on tech? Or, or do we feel like as you look at the conference, and as we say here yeah. today, guys, honestly, I, I can't tell you here's how the Big 12 is going to go one through 10. I think it's still, yeah. I, mean, I can tell you who's 10, but I I, I don't know about one, <laughs> one through 10. <laughs> I, 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 I still am kind of trying to sort out in my head where these programs are at um, after such a weird yeah. season. But, are, you know, yeah. and so – do, do yeah. you buy it with Texas Tech, Kersey, or is are you after seeing two seasons of 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 them underwhelmed so far? Is it is it probably better to be skeptical? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little underwhelmed by what they've done so far, but I do think Tyler Shuck is interesting, um, and I, I think if he's able to uh, to to take the reins of that offense, I think that'd be interesting. Now, Sam Sir Roderick Thompson is out too right now, isn't he? He's he's been out in the spring, but yeah, he should be back yeah. and and ready to yeah. go when season come. Yeah, but I mean that that obviously will be important to get him back uh, too. But but yeah, I'm with you. Where you know I I kind of feel pretty good saying OU would be at the top right now. I mean they've won it six years in a row. So and then I feel pretty good about saying Kansas will be at the bottom and really anywhere in between that. I, I, and I feel good about Iowa State at two. Um and and yeah. Brian with Oklahoma. I have no idea who the hell the number three team in the Big Twelve is right now. I'm, I'm sort of link. I'm I'm I feel like I'd probably say Texas, but. I also don't, you know. I'm leaning TCU they, they, a little bit, actually. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm leaning not Texas. Yeah, so I think it, <laughs> I think the door is like open, right? No, and I'm not saying they're going to be bad or anything. I'm just saying I think I I, I kind of am inclined to say, uh, you know, TCU as well. Then I see FPI comes out and says Oklahoma State's a top ten team. I don't know what that's about. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, they lost. You know, they don't have Chuba Hubbard anymore. Sam, you They're don't have to defend Tyler FBI anymore. anymore. That's got to be a nice part of your job these days. Yeah, I don't know what that is. They, uh, they, they have, they have uh, Bill Connolly over there, so I would just rely on that. Re- yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they should too. They should too. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think it's uh, the 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 top two. I feel like is so well defined just because Iowa State brings pretty much everybody back, um, and Oklahoma's gearing up for a run here, but. That's and, and and also that's just kind of the Big 12, right? Texas Tech has been in a lot of games over these last two years. You know, could have beat Texas, could have beat Oklahoma State, um, also lost to Kansas two years. Like, you you know, you can play with, you know, on, on a good day when they're healthy and stuff, they can play with a lot of folks, but it's just been hard to, to kind of put it together there. But that's also kind of how this league is, isn't it, Jason? Yeah, I mean that's absolutely how this league is. That's why we love it so much, right? It's it's just insane. No <clears throat> question. Uh, another spring game uh, over the weekend wasn't televised, so we don't have a ton of takes on it. Uh, but oh, wait, wait, Max, Max, Max. I do want to ask Sam about the fumble Ruski play. Can you describe uh, ooh, it? To yeah, us? Yeah, Since yeah, yeah. I wasn't able Tell to us all about see this. it. Yeah, they 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 hid the running back behind. They have a seven foot offensive guard or offensive Trevor tackle. Yeah, yeah, Trevor Roberson. Uh, He's uh, from the panhandle. And I remember when he committed, he's, he's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, so they hit the running back. Probably the him. tallest player in college football. I, I don't yeah, know how to I, look that up, but I'm got, sure he he's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah. They hit, hit the running back behind him. You know, quarterback rolls out right. Everybody kind of holds and then running back slips out the left. Actually kind of resembled. If you guys remember 
Houston and Tulane uh, on the Thursday night a couple of years ago when Tulane scored two plays in uh, a two scored in two plays in the last 23 seconds. They ran a play just like that uh, to okay. kind of get them toward midfield. And uh, it, it was uh, they, they were having fun, dude. They were throwing trick plays. They were doing all kinds of craziness in the spring game. Matt, Matt Wells told me the day before he's like, we're not going to play a ton of starters. We're, or we're and certainly not a lot of reps. We're just going to have fun and hope to get out of there healthy. They only played out two quarters, but it was definitely a lot of uh, let's just throw caution to the wind and throw a bunch of fun stuff out here. So if they that's can what the spring game whole... should be. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I, I would, I would, I implore them, Sonny County, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, please create a whole package where your five, six running back Chucks is hiding behind your seven foot offensive <laughs> lineman. I, I think there's the, the potential is endless there. You know, the other thing was that was fun. And this, I think it's the first time I've seen this in a spring game was they did, like skeleton drills and one-on-ones and they had Rico Jeffers commenting on the mic over the PA for everybody during the one-on-ones. And so it was great. You know, if you've been to practices, you've heard guys, you know, cheering on other guys are saying, Oh, this, this is a cat. That's a catch. That's a yeah. catch. Yeah. You know, or, or, yeah, right. or that's a pick, you know? And so yeah. they, there was a lot of that going on. And it was so great to hear that. And I was like, can we get something like this during a game during the fall? Like, right. Can we get some live commentary? from coaches or players during the game because it was fantastic to listen to. Yeah, we got we got to make these fun, right? I mean, yeah. especially for the folks who have been able to go to games last year and stuff like that who were able to come out for something like this. You got to you got to go a little crazy with it. Now, now TCU also played their spring game. Don't have a ton to say on that um just cuz they don't ever Gary will never ever ever <laughs> televise his spring game. He 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 wants to, you know, they had they had fans in the building, but uh, they, they don't want any opponents seeing any of that stuff. I saw Zach Evans did break a big touchdown run. Um, you know, looks like, like, I mean, I think TCU's like, I, I'm starting to talk myself into like, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. At least they've got on paper, they should have the pieces, you know, even with losing the two safeties, um, who are going to be high draft picks. I, I don't, I, I feel pretty good about where they're at. What do, what do you think, Sam, as you start to size them up? Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think you know they got a lot of backs back. You mentioned Evans, who I think, you know, for we all know the kid's a potential star. Like yeah. he he was a five star recruit for a reason, and I think having him back and and his potential breakout season is it could be huge for them. Max Duggan, I, I I still don't know if I'm all the way there on Max Duggan yet, but I do know he's a talented guy. He can make some plays if he can take care of the ball. I think they've got a real shot, uh, you know, and let's not forget last year, he missed most of camp, you know, he had that, that heart procedure, you know, done. And so he kind of had to, you know, kind of play himself back in throughout the course of the season last yep. year. And, and yep. we saw their trajectory at the end of the season, one and four out of the last five, I, I think well. yeah, with, with, with a, with a full off season uh, and, and him being, him being healthy and everything ready to go there, that running game, I do think they got a real chance to, to make a big step up this year and make those one of those Gary Patterson kind of come out of nowhere and win 10 games type of year. L- See, last with, thing with you, me oh, with, sorry, sorry, Max. I was just going to say loyal listeners to this podcast will remember I started last season, very high on TCU. Then they beat Texas and I was very high on TCU. And then I was fell off a moment. Then they, you know, go on that run there at the end. So I, I, I think I'm going to, I think ride. I'm the same way as you, Max. I think I'm back to liking TCU again. I think yeah. I'm back to being on board with them being a, an upper tier Big 12 team this year. Yeah, I I I, I think it kind of makes sense. Um, all right, last thing here, guys. You, you both will be at spring games this weekend. Um, 
just what are you guys kind of looking to see uh, as you head out to check in on uh, Oklahoma and Texas? Well, I think for Texas, obviously, it's a first time for everything. You know, Sark is here. It's the Steve Sarkeesian era. So we look at everything new. I'm I'm most interested in the offense. What does it look like? You know, is it going to be a carbon copy of what Alabama ran last year, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what I've heard is that this, this is the offense they're going to run. And, uh, you know, how much tight end are you going to be using? You know, I, I don't imagine we're going to see a ton of B. John Robinson. I'm sure we'll see some, but, but, you know, you obviously probably want to keep a guy like that healthy, but the quarterback battle between Casey Thompson, Hudson card, you know, how do those two guys look, uh, right. You know, how do they look on defense? You know, obviously you got, you know, a new defense coordinator, new defense staff. So uh, those are all lot, lots of interesting things. I think this is a fact-finding mission for, for Texas fans to see, hey, this is what to expect with your new, your new coaching staff. Yeah, at, at Oklahoma this weekend, I mean, to me, I, this is the way it usually is when they've got a quarterback coming back. Is I just want to see what the backup quarter – I want to see what Caleb Williams looks like. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's really what uh, by far the thing I'm the most interested in, because we all know Spencer Rattler's good. We all know uh, that he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But, uh, you know, this is always the time I think back to uh, 2014 when Trevor Knight was coming off the Sugar Bowl. And all we could talk about after the spring game, though, was Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Holy crap. This guy went 11 for 11. Speaking of quarterbacks going perfect in spring games, shout out Charlie Brewer. Good shout out him. Charlie Brewer. Happy that, yes. I'm happy yes. that he's. Yeah. Chuck is back. Oh. You love to see it. But, but no, uh, at Oklahoma, I mean, it, it's, I, I'll be interested to see sort of who's starting in some of these places that are open on the offensive line, what the defensive first team looks like. Obviously we know that could all change. I'm going to also, you know, Lincoln Riley doesn't typically let his running backs play much in the spring games, but Kennedy Brooks hadn't played football in a year. Yeah. Shake the rest off. Yeah. How much are we going to see of him? Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, Fellows. Good to see you guys. Good to talk about football. I I apologize to the listeners. We haven't taped a pod in a little while, but uh, we will rectify that. I shouldn't make any promises. We'll we'll probably, (laughs) we'll probably do more of these. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I can, I can carry some of the load if we that's need right. it now. That's right. I, I, I traverse in big 12 country quite a bit. So that's right. We're we're looking forward to, and we didn't even talk about your barbecue in Waco. Uh, I, I know I don't want to, because it's where, where should I go in Austin angry. this weekend? Here's the question. Like, I obviously I don't want to go to a place unless I go to Hoover's. I don't want to go to a place that I've always, that I've been a bunch of times. I would like to go to a new place. Probably. That's true. Okay. And I certainly don't have time to stand in line at Franklin. You know? well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I still, even though I, I live uh, in Big Ten country now, I still like follow all these places on Instagram. So I just uh-huh. like torture myself all the time with what's going on <laughs> at these barbecue joints in Austin. So um, I think Max, I have to take issue with that. Lincoln, Nebraska is still Big 12 country in my mind. Okay. And in, in my is. heart as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> Now, obviously, with Austin, you're talking Saturday morning, right? Or or, or, or night, or possibly post, possibly after the game. See, now, post game, that's going to limit your options. That's that's um, true. Then I may have and, to and if you go early, then you may have to stand in a little bit of a line. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one that uh, I have, I don't know if they're still open. I have to ask Dave, my or good old friend Dave Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Dave was a big fan of Curlin Barbecue, and they do 
uh, brisket kolaches there. Yeah, that's a good little uh, spot. I sure. remember they closed at one point during the pandemic, but I want to say they reopened. So I have oh, to go I figure that did. out. I, I, I'm not positive on that. I, I have to um, figure out if they reopened because I have had their brisket kolaches before and they were incredible. I, I for we me, didn't, we uh, didn't even talk about Lincoln Riley's brisket, you guys. Oh my God. Why? Why would we talk about that dry, <laughs> sad piece of meat? Good Lord. The oh question I had God. was what? where is the Jason? Fat? You're Why didn't we do a, a whole podcast roasting the, the brisket? Why didn't we even think of that? Oh my Sorry, god! Sorry, you said brisket, and it just hit my head. I was like, Man. "Oh my god, we didn't." Say- it was an abomination, you know. And, and look, I, I'm not a fan of everybody going and dunking on people on Twitter, but I'm sorry when you post that, you ask for it, okay? Yeah. Especially when you live in a region of the country where people know how to do this properly, okay? That was just yeah, ridiculous. He... And I love Lincoln, and Lincoln's a great guy, and everything. I, do too. I, I don't yeah, even sure. think he cooked it. I think he said. It was strength coach or somebody cooked it. But well, look, and and, on, and and part of it is like uh, glass houses, right? Like I have not smoked a brisket at my house before, right? So if I do, so you're it- not going to post it on Twitter if you do. <laughs> you know better, right? When I botch it, I'm not going to share it with the world. Um, but I, I haven't done it, so I, in some ways, I'm like, okay, he tried. Um, you know, good job, good effort. But uh, no, the man. Bart Simpson meme. Do not you do not the cake yeah. over. That was I mean, uh, Lincoln learned a lesson that day. Um, in terms of, thank you, Jason, for bringing that up. I mean, we, I don't, it's it's like I'm sorry, sorry, I had to. This but is people, a, there's there's just a culture of people. I don't know why, but people who would like to post bad barbecue and think yeah, that it's really or, good. Or, or a picture of their grill and everything has no salt or pepper on it or anything like that. Like yeah, yeah it, people just white guys just love to do that i I don't know what it is you know lincoln this is an open invitation if you want i can come take you somewhere to a really really good barbecue joint in texas if you want to come we should have done an emergency pot about this we should have (laughs) talked about brisket for we should have had andy staples on and daniel vaughn and everybody lincoln grew up in a small town in west texas he that's what i'm saying he's from Wilshire. i mean like we should know better than that that's the other thing that hurt me like he's a texan texan at heart and like you should know better than that come on man (laughs) Oh, oh man, that that you know the the driest brisket in the country. It's you, you barbecue Twitter it. is merciless though. Oh, oh yeah. it is. Yeah, they are merciless. Is. Absolutely, that was that was that was an incredible moment. Okay, for Austin, I would say I Micklethwaite and La Barbecue yeah. for me are always worth heading yep. over. Always worth you know the lines are never that bad. Um, I you know I I know our friend Dave Wilson would tell you style switch, um, which oh I like a little hit and miss yep. for me, um, but but generally good. Um, and then if you want to get like a little funky, I think Leroy and Lewis is worth looking up. They do some very different stuff uh, okay. with their barbecue, uh, but I've only had it once, but uh, they, they're an interesting one to, to potentially check out. It's, it's Austin. You got to keep it weird a little bit, you know, it's Tuesday. So I got about three, three days to figure it out before I got, I got to get a plan before I get on the road on Saturday morning or got, Friday got night. Cu- so you got a little cutting season this got week a, before you head a, out there. A, yeah. That's right. That's right. No, it's uh, it's <laughs> been fun. This has been fun. I've been pairing all my trips with uh with barbecue so you son of a bitch or food (laughs) i know i know well uh fellas great to see you thanks for listening everyone please subscribe to our show one true pod on apple or spotify leave us a review and a good rating and find all of our stories from from myself jason and sam on the athletic if you're not a subscriber to the athletic you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod you don't just get the best college football coverage you get all of our sports coverage for that So be sure to take advantage and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.